disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 114 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. I hope you guys are not sweating as much as we are in Louisiana, as the temperatures just uh, seem to keep having a mind of their own down here. <laughs> it is freaking hot as hell every freaking day. But uh, you know what? We're surviving. Uh, you know, it's always kind of fun to... Um, to kind of find out where some of you guys are from some of my listeners every now and then you guys will mention in an email that you're from this place or that place and it's just kind of cool to kind of know that it just gives me an idea of where you're coming from so uh if you're someone you're in your writing game for the first time and you happen to uh remember try to let me know where you're from it just gives me a good idea of uh <clears throat> of where you're from <laughs> with that being said i do have an email from a brand new listener this week someone who just kind of want to reach out i'll get into that in a little bit of course our email segment here is called what are you saying i'm going to start off this episode of the podcast by doing sort of a what are you saying slash news i don't have a i, don't, I haven't come up with a creative way to say to, like a news a title for a news segment <laughs> okay so our email segment is obviously called what are you saying but I don't have a title for the news segment because it's not really a segment, right? I don't really do it every episode. Sometimes I just kind of talk about it or whatever. But if anybody has any sort of suggestion on what I could call that and try to make it tie into Dragon Ball a little bit, that might be fun. Uh, of course, we don't have many episodes left of Dragon Ball Super, so may not make any sense to even worry about that right now. But, you know, we'll stay tuned to all the news <laughs> to see... If there are any announcements made in the near future about Dragon Ball Super returning to TV, of course, there were rumors and such like that. But until we find out exactly what's going on right now, we can just assume that we're just kind of, you know, a couple weeks away from this whole thing being done. Uh, some of you guys, I'm sure, are still waiting on information of the Patreon. Well, it is coming. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, without getting into too much crazy detail, you know, I talk about my life a lot. Well, not a lot on the podcast but most of you guys know i've been dealing with some moving issues and situations and all this kind of stuff well that stuff's not over yet um things kind of took another twist i mean i swear i could write a, a, a book about just my <laughs> ad adventures with moving in the past couple months uh, but i'm not gonna bore you with all that stuff okay but it's not figured out completely yet but hopefully soon it will be and that'll be the best time i think for me to jump into that Patreon thing, because I want to make sure that the, 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 the content that I'm giving you guys is of the best quality and it is uh, consistent and it is the best stuff I can put out. Right. Because if I'm, I'm going to ask you to pay for something, I want it to be the best possible thing I can give you. And right now, I'm just not in a, in a, in a um, stable enough sort of situation to be able to do that. Uh, I'm barely getting the, the regular podcast episodes out every week on time now, <laughs> but things will restabilize. So just keep an eye out. I'll mention it from time to time. Obviously, hopefully maybe within the next week, something will change and, uh, and we'll be able to get on that. Okay. So yeah, once again, we're going to start off with a little bit of news slash. What are you saying? Um, this is a message on Facebook that I got from Brent. Uh, Brent says here, Hey, hope you're in the backside of all your moving issues now. I don't know if you've watched this weekend's episode, but it's great. And I'm excited how this kale slash cauliflower, no idea on spelling <laughs> parentheses goes. You were saying how come we aren't, 
you were saying how come we aren't seeing how v Vegeta, Gohan, etc. aren't being shown. I saw in the different little parts I've seen of the sub that we get so many episodes and we may spend a few with Goku, but then it goes back to Gohan and Piccolo and then the androids, etc. because it's all going on at the same time. I remember I saw someone cut together the whole 45 minute tournament with a four split screen that showed how this worked on YouTube over the episodes pretty cool okay that's cool Brent uh yeah you know I, I do make comments every now and then especially of recent episodes about how we're spending all this time with Goku and we're just not seeing the other characters anymore you know and I've, I've never been crazy about that obviously I love Goku he's the main character but I mean I was hoping that one of the things about the Terminal Power is that it would obviously allow a lot of these other characters that we've kind of been neglecting to get their chances to shine again and we spend some time with them and they have been they were doing a pretty good job at that but now it's, it seems like it's reverted all back to goku but you're saying that don't worry he's going to return to to, to that we'll revisit gohan and piccolo the androids etc good i mean i always figured that it would i'm just kind of wondering when it's going to happen uh as far as someone cutting together the entire tournament with four split screens like jesus I, I wish I had that much time on my hands. <laughs> I really did. Really do. Uh, obviously, I can't watch that because I don't want to be spoiled. But uh, it's nice to know that that exists and it'll probably be something that I check out once uh, Super is done. Now, here's the main event of this whole thing that I wanted to get to. Brent also sent this. It says here, also on people complaining that the animation is slightly different, there's a legal reason, I guess. And here's where Brent posted a link to a Kotaku uh, article that is titled Why Dragon Ball Super's Fight Scenes Have Looked Different on Toonami. And he also says here, deals with that whole Pokemon seizure thing that happened back when we were kids and how fast they can cut scenes like that together frame-wise. I guess the U.S. has more rules. Okay, so to kind of refresh everyone's sort of memory on this, I had uh, a couple of messages from Ben out in Australia just kind of making comments about how different the animation was on the Adult Swim Toonami version of Dragon Ball Super versus the uh, Japanese version okay and I was making the comments that well I mean obviously I haven't seen this the sub so I can't I couldn't even comment on that at all but it had always been to my knowledge that there wouldn't be any changes because why I mean why would they make any changes right to the animation because that would be something that Funimation would have to do. And, and Funimation isn't really supposed to technically mess with the animation. They're just providing the, you know, the U.S. licensing and the voice acting and the producing and stuff like that for uh, North America. And not probably not just North America, but, you know, specifically for the English dub. Um, but it turns out that there, ha there have been some adjustments made between the different versions and this article kind of breaks down good reasons why that may be because I myself even pointed it out from time to time I said well there's this specific moment in this episode well the example that I used was when Goku first went to Ultra Instinct and there was a shot of him throwing fast punches but it was cut really terribly and it almost looked like he would they were just looping the same frames over and over again well it turns out they were <laughs> And there's a reason for that. And there was also some other shots during the past couple of episodes where it just seems like they took a bunch of the frames out. Right. And it seems like the, 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 the fight, the fights were just moving really slowly at times. 
And I was asking the question, is this a stylistic sort of choice that Toy Toy me made to uh, to sort of illustrate and, and maybe put a little bit more focus on something? Or was there some sort of frame rate issue that was happening? So here, here, here's what this article says. Uh, I'm just going to kind of summarize it here. And there's, and you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll share this article on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Cause I feel like you guys really want to see this <laughs> because I am fascinated by this. I'm a hundred percent fascinated by this. Uh, so there's a, there's a person on Twitter that made a video and posted it. And, and, and in the video, there's a split screen sort of situation going on with three different videos. Okay, it's the exact same clip. It's Cauliflower uh, and Goku fighting. Okay, just throwing quick punches at each other. One is from the Toei Blu-ray release. One is from the Adult Swim web version, and one is from the Fuji TV version. In other words, the original version, right? The the Japanese version that aired on Fuji TV. And you can clearly see the the differences here. And the Adult Swim version definitely is the worst, easily. <laughs> easily. Now, this doesn't go completely across the board. It's just for certain scenes that they've been doing this for. And the reason is, is because they're trying to be uh, aware of uh, people with epilepsy, okay? People that have epileptic seizures uh, as a result of watching, you know, things that move at really high speeds, or a lot of flashing lights. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about that. Some of you may have even experienced it. I'm not sure. I've been fortunate enough to never have to have a problem like that. So the reason why some of these scenes have been slowed down so much and the frames have been taken out is because of uh, laws for U.S. broadcasts, which are going to be a lot different from the laws in Japan, because apparently they they, they don't care. <laughs> that entire society is based on flashy things, right? I mean, you've seen the, some of you guys may have been to Japan. I've never been, but it's all flashy shit, lights, speed, all that stuff. Their entire culture is kind of based around fast moving things and bright lights. And so, you know, they, they didn't really edit it down too much. Now, for their Blu-ray, they edited it down. And then for the Adult Swim version, well, it just, oh, it doesn't even compare. You guys definitely want to see this. Because after watching, seeing what the Fuji TV version looks like, I realized that I have not been experiencing Dragon Ball Super the way it's been intended to be experienced. And that kind of fucking sucks to, to, to realize that. You know, obviously, I knew that I was missing some things by only watching the English dub talked many times in the past about why I watched the English dub you know I grew up with the English dub I grew up with the English voices Funimation etc just my preference I'm not a big fan of the Japanese voices uh, certainly with the original version of Dragon Ball Z I was not a big fan of the Japanese music I just preferred Funimation Bruce Falconer etc that's the version of the show that made the biggest impact on me okay but I didn't realize that I was also missing out on this kind of stuff okay even the old Funimation versions, they would cut, they would, they would, they would edit out the blood, they would change some of the words, things like that. I've, I've always understood that. But as far as the actual animation itself being different, uh, I wasn't aware of that. And it kind of sucks to think about that because who knows how many episodes of Dragon Ball Super that I have kind of complained about <laughs> to where it wasn't even the fault of the, you know, Toei. It might have just been something that was done for U.S. broadcasts. 
right? Now, some of that stuff was absolutely the fault of Toei. I mean, some of those ep- early episodes of Super, where the characters are just drawn badly and shit like that. Well, yeah, we know that that was just because they were rushed and they were trying to put out all these episodes in a short amount of time and whatever. But there's stuff like this, where we're in the tournament of power, 90% of the animation is probably damn near perfect. And they're still messing with it. And that really bums me out <laughs> because I'm watching this clip right now. And I mean, the Toei Blu-ray version is certainly not the worst. Okay. But when you look at the version that I watched on the Adult Swim web version, because that's how I watch it, uh, it's not even close to being the same thing. Like it's just so much slower and it just looks like shit compared to that original Fuji TV version. I mean, I'm the Fuji TV version has it's got, you know, the frames are kind of blended to kind of make that speed seem a little bit faster. Uh, it just looks incredible. <laughs> it looks incredible. And then we when then you, you, you go over to the Adult Swim web version and it's just, you know, they, they cut so many frames out. Now, listen, I'm not trying to be insensitive to people with epilepsy. OK, I don't know what that's like. It's, it's terrible. It's frightening. I've seen people have seizures before. I have friends that have seizures. They're not necessarily triggered by uh, this kind of thing, but you know, they can be triggered by anything. And I, and I would never try to disrespect anyone with any sort of problem like that. I have my own problems. My health isn't exactly 100% perfect either. But I gotta say that I, I, I don't understand why this decision is being made, okay? If I would say, I would say if you're someone who has epilepsy, don't watch Dragon Ball, right? Matter of fact, you probably shouldn't be watching anime, period. You know, and and because anime is super speeds, flashing lights, a lot of, you know, that's just, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's just what it is. Uh, and I, for one, don't think this and the entire country of the United States should have to suffer necessarily with the quality of animation just because some people have, you know, sensitivity, that kind of thing. I mean, there are ways around that kind of stuff, right? Just put a warning at the beginning and says, hey, though, because we this exists already. <laughs> this shows on Netflix right now. It'll just be a warning at the beginning says, you know, if you if you have a sensitive to, you know, flashing lights and, and vi- their video games, they come on like that. There's a disclaimer at the beginning that says, if you have a sensitivity to, to flashing lights and high speeds and all this kind of shit, then you may not want to play this game, you know? And and I think they should just do that for those select episodes, Dragon Ball Super. And uh, just so those people aren't completely, you know, not considered, then you can have an alternate version of the episode for those people to watch. But that should not be the one that airs and is made available to everyone else, you know? Because I'm getting... <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not getting my money's worth when I'm paying for cable and stuff because I'm not seeing the best version of this show that I should be seeing because of that. Okay. And that's why I think this is a very interesting sort of topic. Um, let's see here. So the guy that posted on Twitter, uh, that video says here, here's a short demonstration of the continuing frame rate problems in the tsunami broadcast and the adult swim stream. These are the only legal ways to watch the dub until this episode 113 comes out for digital purchase. Currently, digital seasons are only up to 104. And then there's also another example that another 
uh, person on Twitter, Anime AJ. I think he's uh, pretty well known out there in the Dragon Ball world, right? Uh, and it's the exact same clip that I was talking about <laughs> when Goku's in Ultra Instinct mode and he's throwing these punches and it looks like they just, they're just looping the frames over and over again. Well, that was another edit that was made for motion sense motion sensitivity by by Tsunami. And then under that, he posted the original untouched scene. And my goodness, it looks so much better. It looks incredible. I mean, how for me as a fan of Dragon Ball, and especially someone who comes on a podcast every week and talks about it and kind of, you know, uh, dissects these episodes on both storyline and action and the freaking animation you know i want to be able to, to to judge it from the watching the original untouched version you know because here i am giving them shit for bad animation when in reality it's just the u.s version of it that looks like this <laughs> and that kind of sucks you know because i want to be able to see exactly you know I, i'm invested in this i want to have a, a good idea of how how am i supposed to understand how goku's powers have transcended if i'm not seeing them in their full glory right watching this clip again now i can see why ultra instinct is such a freaking you know incredible technique because the speeds that he's moving at here is just amazing and it just looks awesome so oh it's funny how something like this kind of shakes up this entire podcast in a way you know i don't think there's been I'm, I'm going to assume that this hasn't happened a lot, but you know, the fact that it's happening now is just, ugh, just kind of bumming me out. But now that I'm aware of this, maybe I'll make more of an effort to actually go and watch the, the sub, <laughs> you know, because I want to be able to see everything in it's uh, full sort of glory here. Uh, so let's see here. Okay. And it also says here, okay. Yeah. So, let's see, uh, it says here, remember the Pokemon flashing episode that triggered a bunch of epileptic episodes and viewers? Since then, TV networks have something called a Harding test. Every show, commercial, etc., is run through this test to make sure it doesn't have flashing frames that could trigger folks with epilepsy. The last few episodes of Dragon Ball Super have had fight scenes that are cut to about one frame per edit in some places. They evidently failed a Harding test. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. Once again, I'm not trying to be insensitive because, well, because you also have to take into consideration the people that aren't intentionally sitting down to watch Dragon Ball Super. Maybe they're just flipping through the channels and, and, and it would kind of, it would be, it be terrible for someone to just be flipping through the channels and see something they're not supposed to see and then have a seizure. But that's also the risk you take when you're watching TV, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's a very fine line when we start to sort of change things for the sake of one demographic of, of people, right? Because there are plenty of people out there that have weak stomachs. They can't watch horror movies because they can't stand the sight of blood. Uh, does that mean we're going to take all the blood out of a horror movie? No, that wouldn't make any sense, right? It's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a horror movie. We're not going to take the blood out. You know what I mean? We're not going to, uh, you know, if some people have sensitivities about religion and such like that well guess what you just don't watch that movie or better yet accept the fact that it's a movie 
you know now it's obviously it's a little bit different with this because this is triggering this is and sort of un uh you know they're not people aren't trying to have seizures you know it's just a sort of involuntary reaction that they can't help but once again there just has to be a better sort of method here because i want to be able to enjoy this show uh the way it was intended to be enjoyed you know so i don't know so I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think about it let me know what are you saying um you know, it's, it's a very, I feel like it could end up being a very sort of controversial and sensitive topic because once again, no disrespect to people with that issue. But, you know, if I have a problem with profanity or something in a movie, well, I don't expect them to take all the profanity out just for me. You know, I'll watch the censored version of it, which will be another option of it, maybe on TV, something like that. I don't know. There's just, oh, there's got to be other options because I don't like, you know, not being able to watch Dragon Ball Super to its fullest sort of in its fullest. I mean, obviously, you're not going to see everything they make because they probably make even more changes because, well, you know, the culture over there is different than it is here. You know, you're not going to see nudity and stuff in, in uh, television shows over here that are like on regular cable. You know, they'll be they might be on some sort of like premium channel. But in Europe, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's just different depending on where you go but there just has to be a better sort of way and that's what i would say to that anyway that was a very long conversation but it, you know it kind of brings to light a lot of concerns that we've been having and it certainly opened my eyes because i didn't realize this was going on i never even really thought about it that way as far as some people having sensitivity to the um, flashing animation and things like that but let's not you know completely <laughs> sort of eliminate you know everyone to be more sensitive to some people this just has to be a better sort of option i would say anyway okay something on to something a little bit lighter here <laughs> uh we're going to switch up uh over to another email here that i have from a brand new listener here uh, i'm going to read this one and then one more and then we're going to uh we're going to pick up with what are you saying after the episode talk, because I have a couple of emails that pertain specifically to this episode of the of uh, Dragon Ball Super. So we'll save those until then. Uh, says here. Hello, new podcast listener uh, from Helson. Helson writes. Hi, my name is Helson. I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan since the 90s. Even after getting married and having twins recently, the geek in me will not die for that anime. I recently came across your podcast, and I got to say, I'm glad you're doing this. There aren't many Dragon Ball related podcasts around that still release new stuff and even less that are good. Hope you keep going and growing, man. Anyway, I wanted to ask your opinion on a thought I have to solve this DBZ re-release issues that we keep having. And I know you gave your thoughts on the 30th anniversary box set. But I was thinking, what if Toei Animation just remade the entire Dragon Ball Z anime with modern animation like Dragon Ball Super is now? Because to tell you the truth, as much as I love the old animation of Dragon Ball Z, it's just not meant to be watched in today's television no matter how much they tweak it. And with 4K and 8K TVs and monitors becoming the standard now, the old animation has no chance. This is coming from a longtime fan who had the series on VHS have what some are calling the orange bricks and own all the manga volumes of DBZ plus many figures I keep collecting from them. 
I think instead of asking Toei or Funimation to leave the grain or leave it in 4x3 ratio or 16x9, the right request would be a remake of it. It wouldn't have to be all the 291 episodes. They can do what DBZ, DB Kai was meant to do and make it with no fillers so it wouldn't be that expensive to make. Oh, and include the Bruce Faulkner music as an option. I know I would buy that in a heartbeat and for sure they would make money on that. I don't know if you've ever played Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Tenkachi on PS3 or 360, but there, there we saw some clips of the DBZ episodes with modern animations and it looked really good. Sorry for the long message, maybe next time I'll audio record it. Smile. <laughs> Take care. Helson, first of all, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, always glad to hear from new people. Appreciate you reaching out. Appreciate you introducing yourself. Uh, appreciate you being a supporter of the podcast. Thanks for everything. Thanks for all the, the positive comments here. Uh, congratulations on the twins. Oh, a little Android 17 and 18 for you, huh? Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you have a boy and a girl or two girls, two boys, but <laughs> uh, congratulations on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I keep hearing that they're on a lot of Dragon Ball related podcasts. Um, well, all the more reason for you guys to listen to me, right? So keep it coming. <laughs> Okay, so you, you want to touch upon this DBZ re-release issue a little bit. Yes, okay, so I did talk about this. Also, um, yeah, I talked about the 30th anniversary box set. I also made a video kind of illustrating my viewpoints on it over on the uh, YouTube page. Over, uh, yeah, just look up Rock the Dragon Podcast on YouTube, and I kind of did a video version of myself breaking it down, kind of illustrating my thoughts and opinions on it and that kind of thing. Uh, just to kind of summarize that. Uh, I said I was not going to buy this because it just wasn't it wasn't enough of an incentive for me to buy it right because I already own Dragon Ball Z on DVD Blu-ray and VHS and that's enough <laughs> I, I'm pretty happy with my Blu-rays and for me it wasn't enough to just it, it's, it, there's not enough of an incentive for me to to pay what was it 300 400 bucks or something like that for this box set just to sort of get it back in its original four by three ratio without the cropping. I mean, I could see why that would be appealing to some people, but for me, since I already own it in several different iterations, I'm not buying it again. Uh, my suggestion was though, something that would get me to buy it would be to take that original four by three animation and then make it into 16 by nine by creating the additional uh, animation, right? And I explain that very well and I break it down in the video. I even illustrate what I mean by that. But basically you'd be drawing in the sides of those frames to fill it in. And that way, not only do you get all the original stuff that was originally there, but you're also getting additional stuff that will make it more modern for your 16 by nine widescreen televisions, right? So that way you're not losing anything. You're just getting extra stuff. And then that way, um, you know, it still can be in Blu-ray and HD and all that in 16 by 9, but you're not losing anything. Now, another suggestion, what you're saying here, which is something I didn't consider, is them entirely redoing Dragon Ball Z in with new animation, the entire series. Whew, man. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say that's impossible. It, it obviously is not. I mean, you know. This is an animation company. If they can if they can do Dragon Ball Super, they can redo Dragon Ball Z. My only concern with that is that, well, you know, people have been very vocal about the fact that they don't want 
the original show to be messed with at all and that's kind of the entire reason they're designed they're they're trying to do this now is to say okay this is the original version that they've kind of sort of always wanted so let's give it to them um so i just don't know how receptive people will be to that i mean look i would be receptive to it i would buy it right even though there's nothing in the in the world that is going to top dragon ball z to me in its original sort of format like even even with the crappy animation sometimes and like it's just it impacted my life in a way that just imprinted on me until I die. You know what I mean? <laughs> so nothing's going to top that. But I'm I'm not opposed to other options. Like I would love to see a version of this that is remade um, with brand new animation. Uh, I would I would ask that they leave the rest of the stuff alone though. The voice the voice acting and the I mean. They can use the exact same voice tracks that they use from Dragon Ball Z, you know, Funimation, you know, dub. And I'd be fine with that. I, matter of fact, I would prefer that that stay the same rather than going, them going back and trying to redo the voices and all that stuff like they did for Kai. I guess sort of an ultimate edition version of this would be sort of like what you're saying. They would recreate Dragon Ball Z, okay, with new animation. And since there are, since they beat, since... Since they'll have done that anyway, well, then they might as well do Kai because they'll already have <laughs> all the new animation, right? So then they just do a version where they cut out the filler and they put in the Kai dub in music. And then you have both of those in one major box set, right? So brand new animation version of Dragon Ball Z, all 291 episodes recreated with new animation and effects, but the same voice tracks because that would be too much work, right? to go back and have to do the voices again and all that stuff anyway and then not to mention that that will keep a lot of the nostalgia intact for those of us who just kind of prefer dragon ball z the way that it was you know but it's kind of interesting in having the new animation and then you do the exact same thing for kai and then you have the bruce falconer music as an option that is something that i would pay over 300 dollars for i would i mean three three hundred four hundred I'd pay that. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would have to come with more than just that, though. Right. It, it couldn't just be that. Like, maybe it's those two versions and you get the statue that comes with it and you get the fan art book and you get several different soundtracks. If you want to switch between the Japanese and, the you know, English and the Bruce Falconer music and all that kind of stuff and maybe even something else. But that would be more of a justification for me to be like, okay, you know what? I, I pay this, I pay this to uh, to just kind of see what Dragon Ball Z would look like now with the new animation, the way the characters are drawn now. And you're right, we have kind of seen it. If you play some of the video games, you can kind of see that because a lot of the video games recreate some of the iconic scenes from the anime. But of course, they do it new animation because they have to remake they have to make new animation for the video games right i mean they don't have to but they they usually do even dragon ball fighters does that so whew, that is definitely uh i mean i hell who knows man one day they may actually try to do something like that and if they do i think i'll be down because you're right you know we love dragon ball z the way it is but like at some point if technology keeps progressing the way that it that it is then a lot of that stuff will be sort of outdated even the blu-ray version will be outdated <laughs> at some point uh i wouldn't say 4k and 8k tvs are becoming a standard now 
like you like you're saying here i mean i you know i still don't know a single person that has a 4k tv <laughs> i don't think that took off the way people thought it was going to take off uh i don't think the overall technology has progressed enough for 4k to become the standard right i mean most of the tvs that are in existence now are still 19 20 by 1080 standard sort of hd full hd uh, and a lot of people don't have 4k monitors for the computers and stuff like that so you know, until until that happens, I, I don't think 4K is going to become the standard, but I do see your point. Uh, and yeah, oh, yeah, that would be so very expensive for them to redo that. But that's the whole point, right? They're in they're an animation company. That's what they do. So I would be interested in seeing that, too. I would and I would buy it. Um, but that that animation would have to be excellent. Right. Okay, uh, what do you guys think about that? Anybody, any, anyone disagree, agree with that, think it's a terrible idea, think it's stupid, whatever, let me know. Send me an email, rockthedragonpodcast.gmail.com. I have another quick one here, I'm gonna jump to, says here, a slight mistake. Uh, this person didn't give me their name, but there's a, it says here, the kid on the piano, is that your uh, email tag? It says here, it's very easy for someone to be stronger than Sharon. Who's Sharon? <laughs> It says it's very easy for someone to be stronger than Sharon because not all. Okay, did you mean Jiren there? Maybe you meant Jiren. Okay, sorry, I'm not trying to pick on you. We make, <laughs> we have typos and shit all the time. iPhones do autocorrect, but I'm like, who the hell is Sharon? Is there some? <laughs> is there a new Dragon Ball character named Sharon that I need to be looking out for? That'd be, <laughs> that'd be funny. That would be hilarious. Of course, it'd be hilarious in the United States. Probably not in other countries because they wouldn't really get this sort of connotation that that name kind of gives off <laughs> especially now with all the memes with people who are saying Karen and Sharon and stuff like that okay uh, I'm going to assume that you meant Jiren there so let's see it's very easy for someone to be stronger than Jiren because not all the universes participated in the tournament of power only the lower mortal count ones did um, my only sort of issue with this email is that I'm not sure what you're pertaining to here was there did I make a comment about about something about Jiren's strength or something that kind of triggered this response? I'm not sure. Um, so I can't really, you know, I'm sure you're right. I mean, let's see. It's very easy for some. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I must have said something about maybe it'd be hard to see a fighter being stronger than Jiren out there. So you're saying that it's not that hard to see because there are other universes that didn't even participate um sure but that doesn't right because that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a fighter stronger than jiren though right because there are the other universes they may have been high ranked but that could have been an overall sort of high ranking not necessarily based on individual people's powers right because if it was based on that well universe 7 would have been much more high ranked uh, even Jiren's universe wouldn't have been in the low count, but he was, right? Doesn't matter how strong he was, his universe was ranked low. So yeah, there are other universes out there that are not participating, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they would have fighters that are stronger than Jiren. It just means that overall, they're, you know, whatever whatever the sort of uh, prerequisites or whatever that, that need to be in place in order for a universe to be considered high ranking or in place if that makes any sense i mean that's why that's the way i kind of look at it okay 
All right, so man, that was a very long news segment slash what are you saying segment. Uh, we will return with one or two more emails at the end of the episode after the episode we'll talk. Very interesting things. So strap in because we're we're, we're going to be we're going to be diving into a lot of this stuff. Um, so yeah, so of course this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast episode one fourteen is going to cover episode one fourteen of Dragon Ball Super titled Blood Curdling. The explosive birth of a new super warrior. Now, um, I have to say this. I was spoiled. (laughs) Sort of. Um, And it was no one. I mean, it was kind of my fault that I was spoiled because and I can honestly say that I didn't I didn't I had no idea this was going to happen. Just generally speaking, I didn't realize that Kale and Cauliflower were going to fuse into one character at some point. I had seen the name Kefla thrown around just in my my previous sort of like, you know, (laughs) adventures on the Internet. But I never knew what that meant. You know, I I was just thinking, oh, there's just another character named Kefla that's going to come along at some point. I mean, I didn't realize that that was Kale and Cauliflower together. Okay, but sometimes I read things and I read emails from from you guys that I shouldn't read. Until I watched the episode. Uh, and it didn't take me long to be like, oh shit, this is something that I haven't seen yet, right? Uh, so, But that's not you guys' fault. You know, as soon as the episode airs, you feel free to send me emails and messages. I just have to be more careful about not reading those until I watch the episode. And I also want to mention that sometimes if you guys send me a Facebook message and I don't respond right away, or if I don't read it, rest assured that I will. I'm just waiting till I watch the episode first, which sometimes it might take me a couple days. So, cause I, I don't want to be spoiled, but I try to respond to everyone. I try to read everyone's messages and emails and et cetera. Okay. So yeah, obviously we know that this super warrior is going to be Kefla. So, uh, how do we get to that point? This is where, this is where the episode starts. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was very funny how they put the word blood curdling in the, title there's nothing blood curdling about this episode <laughs> I don't, whatever i guess anyway the episode starts off with a uh, uh, kale pretty much freaking the hell out um we're getting some pretty awesome animation it looks great no complaints about that goku's kind of questioning is that the dangerous level she reached before because obviously we've seen this several times now we've seen it almost too many times to say that only about 20 minutes or so have passed <laughs> have actually passed in the tournament of power Ugh. Anyway, she's powering the hell up. She powers up. Um, and I guess at this point, we're just supposed to be believing that, oh, we're back to full out berserk mode kale, which I thought we had gotten past this. I thought we had a moment where they said, oh, wait, she's mastered that. She doesn't have to do that anymore. She can now be she can maintain that form and without completely losing control so what's going on here you know can she not do that anymore or is she choosing to not do it anymore because maybe this just makes her even more powerful these are the questions that are running through my mind when i'm watching the moment now of course we have to see everyone else's reaction we even see jiren kind of come out of his little slumber a little bit he moves a little bit so i guess that's supposed to tell us oh wow like this pop this power is enough to make jiren i don't know twitch (laughs) a little bit and then we've got Vegeta squaring off against Top, and they kind of stop for a second. And he's saying, "Hey, it's a Saiyan woman from uh, Universe Six. Top is making some comments about 
the Saiyan race. Vegeta says, of all the Saiyan warriors, I remain supreme. And that would be me, big boy. And he runs over there and he punches him and kind of knocks him across the... <laughs> oh, such a good moment. <laughs> such a good moment. It, it almost makes it bittersweet to go back to Kale and Cauliflower after seeing that, right? Like, we, we visit Vegeta and Top for like eight seconds and it's just all awesomeness. And then we come back to this super overpowered freaking universe six sands anyway uh so we've got kale she's all powered up again she's massive legendary rage mode kale whatever you want to call that uh cauliflower's making some comments about uh yeah so cauliflower's saying kale i know you reach it again eventually you've you've, you've reached this form without losing control am i right and once again, all of this is kind of confusing to me because I thought they had already, she had already done that, you know? Um, and, and now Cauliflower all of a sudden is thinking that now she did it, but she obviously didn't because she kind of grabs Cauliflower's hand and just kind of pushes her toward the ground with his resistance. And Cauliflower makes some comments about, don't you know who I am? And they flash back to something that happened, must have happened, I don't know, what, 30 seconds ago in the time span of this episode? <laughs> But she says, she does say something that I appreciate. She's saying, well, maybe that's it. Maybe the secret to this power is that you have to lose yourself in it. And it's definitely something very, I don't know, poetic about that. Maybe something symbolic about that. Something uh, philosophical about that. If you really want to dissect that phrase, you can find a lot of sort of symbolism and meaning in that. And, you know, we don't get a lot of that kind of stuff in Dragon Ball. So I appreciate her saying that. But then she says, if so, thank you, because now, you know, you pay the price and now we can beat Goku. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of this whole scene. Everything that kind of happens from this point on in this scene is just kind of cheesy. And like, I don't know, these <laughs> this sworn sister shit is just not very interesting to me. And I've already kind of broken down how I feel about Kale and Cauliflower, you know, I, you know, so I'm not going to get back into all that again. But th this isn't helping anything. OK. So now she's basically just saying all this kind of sweet stuff to, to Kale and it's making her cry and it's calming her down. And then she transforms yet again. Right. So now they're saying, oh, OK, now she's managed to calm down, maintain her power and that form without losing control. When I could have sworn we already had this conversation. So maybe I just misunderstood what happened the last time because I thought we had already done this. <laughs> but now they're saying this is what this is what is going on. Uh, never mind the fact that what Broly was like this his entire freaking life and he couldn't figure out how to do this. But Cauliflower does it. I mean, Kale does it in what? Ten minutes, maybe. I, mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. Ugh, somewhere Broly is just like, what's up with that, man? I've got this curse where I destroy everything I come across because I can't control this shit. And meanwhile, this this person comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden they can do it. <sighs> Whatever. I guess you could argue that maybe Broly didn't have the the same amount of love that Kale is getting in this moment. Because, I mean, his father loved him, but he wasn't very 
nice to him, right? I mean, he, he kept a shock collar on him to keep him under control. <laughs> so maybe had someone shown Broly some true compassion, and, that, and that's kind of what happens in the Broly movie. You know, he makes friends, right? And those friends are probably ultimately going to sort of calm him down. But so far, there's no reason to believe that he's mastered, you know, the calm mode. So, I don't know. Anyway, so, and there's a con Goku makes a comment about his body starting to shake, and he's saying, Is my saying instincts responding to her? I'm not sure if that was supposed to mean something. Was that supposed to mean something beyond this episode? Or, because, you know, when, when you make comments like that, it. It starts to lend, it usually lends to there being something more coming storyline wise. Like if he's going to say, I don't know why my Saiyan instincts are responding to her like this, then that would mean, oh, later on, we're going to find out why. Right. But this is also Dragon Ball. So <laughs> it could just be a throwaway line. <laughs> I don't know. So we get more of this kale cauliflower shit with them saying they do this as equals with the two of them fighting together and we're the toughest force in the cosmos and you know you start to realize especially later on in the episode that a lot of this dialogue is happening there is it's, it's to sort of pay off the moment when they fuse right that way you can look back at the previous parts of the episode and say oh right they were talking about fighting together and being a team and yada 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 so now here's the ultimate version of that with them fusing but it also kind of doesn't feel like the characters because i don't know it's just a lot of that dialogue just seems sort of out of place and forced but they did it so they could pay off the transformation later on so they decide they're going to power up try to fight goku in this moment tag team and uh, they kind of rush Goku and they, they get a couple of good licks in on him. A lot of fast moving, fast paced stuff going on here. Um, Goku's just kind of looking around, he's taking a couple hits. Kale launches these blasts at Goku. He kind of escapes at the last sort of second there. Colorful flies in toward them. Goku says, sorry, TM, but I'm about to borrow your move. Why would he say that? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. Why would he say that? He's used a solar flare before. And why would he be apologizing to Tian for using the solar flare? I, I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I will say this because I feel like I'm being really negative right now. But uh, even though I'm very, I'm, I'm not thrilled about the KO cauliflower stuff, you know, and how they got to this point and what's going on here storyline wise. I do appreciate this episode for having amazing animation and really awesome fights, <laughs> you know, so I can definitely appreciate that. And not only that, Frieza probably has some of the best dialogue in the entire freaking series in this episode. <laughs> we see Frieza standing on little hilltop. He says the emperor's court needs a new jester. Uh, <laughs> and he's just he's just kind of standing on a hilltop, just kind of blasting everything. And it's just funny. It's funny and it's interesting and it's. You know, I'm, I'm actually having a really good time with Frieza in a tournament of power. So then we get this little dude, this little superhero looking dude, Kato, Kato I don't know, it's something, who uh, <laughs> shows up. He's from Universe 3. We've kind of seen him a little bit throughout these episodes. You know, he kind of looks like a superhero. Um, he, he actually has a pretty cool design. You know, he reminds me of a, there was a character on a, I don't know, it was an old Sega Genesis game or something that kind of looked like that. They, they may have been 
more than one. But uh, yeah, basically he's just there. I think he's just there for <laughs> comedic relief at this point because he's kind of just saying all this silly stuff. And we know that anytime a character shows up and all they do is pose and talk about their moves, they end up getting whooped really easily or just being sort of treated like idiots. I guess with the exception of the Ginyu Force, <laughs> because they did all that shit and they were still pretty <laughs> formidable. Uh, so let's see. Okay, so we go back to Cauliflower and Kale. And they're saying we'll beat him as long as we stick together. Once again, they keep mentioning the whole togetherness. And then Frieza kind of takes it upon himself to kind of get involved in here. And he says, he says to Goku, you understand you're not the only one fighting here, right? And I, and I love that comment because that's kind of how I feel as the person, as a fan watching the show. It's like, well, damn, can we see someone else other than Goku fight? But then Frieza himself kind of comments on it, too. So it seems like in this moment, you know, Frieza, he wants to jump in. He's thinking, hey, here's two more Saiyans I can get rid of. I got Kaba out of here. Uh, I can get these other two out of here, too. So we get a moment where Cauliflower is charging up this blast to, to launch at him. Frieza looks like what is going to be a death ball of some sort. And then Goku kind of grabs his hand and says, hey, I got dibs on him. You know, stay out of this. Though, even though it would have been a very cool opportunity to watch Goku and Frieza fight side by side, I mean, something that we probably never thought we'd see in the history of freaking, <laughs> you know, at least, not, and I mean, they, they kind of already did that, you know, when Frieza was brought back to life, but that wasn't a serious situation. The, the, those people that were fighting didn't really pose a threat. Frieza was just wiping them all out by himself, pretty much. Um, so Goku says, you know, stay out of it, Frieza. And Frieza says something on the lines of, you know, watching you monkeys destroy each other is the best thing. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just such great. It's just great dialogue. It's great. And the voice actors just killing it here. So, yeah, <laughs> enjoying the hell out of Frieza right now. So then the little dude that he's fighting comes back, pops up out of nowhere. He says something about a super robot suit. He, he changes. He he does some kind of weird transformation and he has a different color suit on. I don't, I don't know what, what I like about this character though, is that he very much feels like a video game character. Like I was saying a minute ago, you know, it's almost like, you know how if you're playing a, a, a fighting game, you can choose different outfits for your character <laughs> or different skins. Like he just switched to his other skin <laughs> and then he starts going on and on about whirlwind speed mode. And it just, he does nothing. He just kind of disappears <laughs> and Freeze is just like, you know what? I think I'll just let him be. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> he just like, completely just ignored him and said, you know what? No, it's not even worth it. So between these moments with Frieza and the epic fights that's going on between Goku and Kale and Kalifla, it still is a pretty good episode overall. So let's just make our way through it. You know, we'll, we'll get to this fusion stuff later on. Uh, Goku makes this comment about wanting to pull out all the stops and they're teaming up saying let's do it together the toughest force in the cosmos they're holding hands and uh, they rush Goku and we get some pretty cool explosion stuff going on here and uh, there's a moment where he says I know you're trying to make a smoke screen but I can sense you and he turns around and he launches a punch 
at Kale, but she catches his arm, and then Kamsa comes in with a drop kick, and they they're kind of good. They they kind of have a good little tag team sort of moment going on here, which kind of pissed me off when I was watching it because I'm thinking, why isn't somebody helping him right now? But hey, hopefully, you know, if the writing is good, we'll find out. We know that Vegeta is is fighting top. We assume that that Gohan and Piccolo are still fighting the Universe Six Namekians, I guess. Uh, and who knows what the hell Android 17 and 18 are up to <laughs> right now. Don't know, but hopefully we'll find out. But anyway, so yeah, they're kind of teaming up on Goku. There's even a moment where he starts to use his instant transmission and Cauliflower kind of predicts it and she knows exactly where he's going to move. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> when did these characters become so <laughs> advanced level? They just... I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm just saying that the show itself has not done a good job of showing us how these characters will be this damn strong, you know, and, and and it makes it harder for us to digest because we have watched Goku, right? We've seen Goku go through all this stuff. We know exactly why, how and why he can use transmission. We know all this stuff. So when we see characters like this come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're just predicting all of his moves and stuff. It's a little bit disheartening, you know, and it's okay because Jiren could probably do the same thing, but that's okay. I, I, it's kind of hard to explain, right? Like they haven't had to explain Jiren's power yet, but it just for some reason works, you know, and it just doesn't work the same way for Kale and Cauliflower because I think because we have spent time with them. So you think that they would use that time to kind of explain maybe why or how they became as powerful as they are, but they haven't. Right. Meanwhile, we haven't spent any time with Jiren other than, you know, a couple seconds here and there. So I don't know. It's just different. Anyway, we get Goku powering up the Super Saiyan God. And that's one thing I definitely appreciate about this little post Ultra Instinct sort of thing that's going on here is that Goku is having to sort of build himself back up through the different levels. And they're kind of taking their time with it, even though even though. In, in their time frame, five minutes have probably passed since then, <laughs> if that. So it's still super quick, but from our perspective, it kind of works for me because it gives us a chance to see all of Goku's transformations again and kind of watch him kind of have to get back to the point that he was at, right? And it's something to definitely appreciate about that. So he starts shooting these little blasts at them. Uh, it's kind of hard to just commentate on the fighting, but yeah, we get some cool stuff that happens here. I mean, the, 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 what, <laughs> what happens here that's important really is that they really can't handle Super Saiyan God Goku, even the two of them, right? Which I appreciate because I'm saying at some point, you know, the tides have to turn here, right? Goku, Goku should be way stronger than both of them, even together at this point. Um. So yeah, they get a, they have a couple moments where they think they get him, but they don't really get him, and he just kind of does his thing. And Supreme Kai, kind of Elder Kai, makes a comment about Goku shattering his limits again. But I don't. I, did he? Did I miss something? He didn't shatter anything. We've seen him go to Super Saiyan God before. Maybe it's just because he's going a lot faster than he thought he would. You know, he's going back to Super Saiyan God, even though he's not even completely recovered from you know he hasn't recovered his energy yet but 
hell, we we have seen some him do some incredible stuff, which Krillin kind of helps reiterate. So we get this moment where they both launch these blasts at Goku. He launches his little sort of floating telekinetic beam thing that we haven't really seen him do in a long time, but we know he can do it, obviously. So he uses these things to kind of, you know, track Kale and Cauliflower, and one of them actually connects with Cauliflower and knocks her out of the sky, which is one of my favorite moments, I think. <laughs> but, you know, we, we know from reading the title of the episode that this is not the end, that something's going to happen here. So she gets, she gets knocked out of the sky. Uh, this kind of pisses Kale off. Goku's saying you both fought well, but you need a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff you need to learn. Uh, we, we should face off again one day. Um, Kalifa is not really trying to give up in this moment, but she's too weak to really continue. So she makes a statement. She, she makes a comment. She says, well, first of all, she goes back into the whole together, right? This is what I was talking about earlier. They're tying all this stuff back together. Toughest force in the cosmos, all this together talk. So now they're trying to pay it off in this moment. And she says, get out those things we got before the battle started. Right. And had I not known or had I not been sort of spoiled by this, I think I still would have been wondering what are these things? Because I wouldn't have assumed uh, that they were going to fuse. I just wouldn't have assumed that just based on what I thought I knew of the rules of the tournament or how things would work. <laughs> so Goku charges up this big Kamehameha, launches it. We see these two little green sort of sparks that kind of come out, which um, we've seen before, right? I want to say that that's pretty standard with fusion. So maybe I would have gotten it at this point. Maybe I would have said, oh, they're fusing. Especially when you see Champa say, you know, he seems like he's excited about something, right? So then you start to wonder, well, what are these things, right? What are these two things? So then the smoke clears. We see this silhouetted figure up on the mountaintop. Uh, we pan up. We see one figure there. There's a girl with two Potara earrings in. And then it all comes together, right? Kale and Cauliflower just fused to form this new character called Kefla which of course she has to say it because it's just <laughs> it's just the way it works every time these characters fuse on this show they have to announce what their name is <laughs> and then we go to Chomp when he says my idea worked it really worked and then the Supreme Kai says well I'm the one who let them borrow them in the first place you are <laughs> Lord Chompa what to do what to do <laughs> is this what you do I guess you and then and then we do a little bit of a uh flashback to before all of this where we see obviously Champa had all kinds of shit planned out you know he obviously met with all of his fighters because we saw him meet with Frost apparently he also met with the Saiyans and he basically they, they give them the Potara earrings and they say this is a last resort don't use this unless you have any other choice or <clears throat> whatever and uh, you know I immediately when I, when I watched this, I immediately looked at the Supreme Kai just to check and see if his earrings were in his ears. Because I'm thinking, oh, no, have, you know, I was about to go back 20 episodes and look at his ears to see <laughs> if the earrings are in his ears for continuity. They are, but they, they are in his ears. So I guess that just implies that the Supreme Kai's have more than one pair of Potara earrings, which I don't know, kind of 
devalue. I, I think it lessens the value of the Potara earrings. I talked about this before, right? When it's too much of anything, it loses value, right? I felt like the Potara earrings earring should have always been something that was very rare. You would only have one pair per Kai, but apparently these Kai's have multiple pairs of earrings. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, you're just making it a little too easy now, right? Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, what does this mean? You know, my immediate thought is, is this legal? I've talked about this before because we talked about the potential of Vegito being in this tournament and Gotenks being in this tournament. And I'm, I'm thinking and assuming that probably fusion probably wouldn't even be a legal move here. I mean, why would it be? Because now all of a sudden you have uh, one fighter instead of two. So that changes the number of fighters on your team. Right. And not only that, these earrings are I would consider those weapons. I would. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they'll, well, maybe they won't, but I hope that they talk about it on the next episode. <laughs> I hope someone questions it and says, Are that, is that even legal? And then maybe we go up to the Grand Zenos and they tell us yes or no, based on whatever, Grand Minister. I don't know. But uh, I think Vados comments on this and she mentions that just just to sort of reiterate that when these characters fuse together they're not just doubling it's not just a double of their power the power is just sort of quadrupled or multiplied however many times which i don't know if they'd ever really said that before or why that would work that way it just doesn't seem like it would work that way why <laughs> but okay uh so obviously She's just super freaking strong. Strong enough to where it interrupts Vegeta. He's in the middle of a fight. It distracts him enough. And now we've got this character, Kefla, uh, who stands in front of Goku at this point. And then we go up to Frieza and get his commentary, which I've been appreciating. <laughs> um... Yeah, and of course, now that she's fused, she just wants to get straight into the fight. She pretty much rushes at Goku and in a weird moment. I think she kind of misses him. Is that what happened there? Now, all of a sudden, we, we're, we're seeing that this character is obviously a lot stronger than Super Saiyan God Goku, which, huh, okay, I guess. <laughs> um, and faster. But Goku is weak. He's not at full strength here. So there's something to be said about that. So then we kind of go into our end sort of narration sequence. And that's pretty much where the episode ends, guys. So I don't know. What do you think about that? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. What do you think about Kefla? What do you think about this idea that uh, we now have other Saiyans that are just doing this kind of shit? Not only are they turning Super Saiyan out of nowhere... And, and just skipping levels and super fast succession, but now they're fusing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it's I've already I've already broken down my thoughts and feelings and opinions on Kale and Kalifa. So, I, you know, I'm not gonna like this if I don't like them and everything they've done so far. Then why would I be happy about this? I'm not happy about this fusion thing. But it's I don't know. It's making for entertaining fight scenes, which is. A very important part of Dragon Ball. <laughs> you know, some people might argue it's the most important part. So I'm just I'm just gonna accept it. I'm just gonna accept what it is and, and take it for what it is right now and just try to get invested in this and just try to hopefully see some very cool fight scenes and things like that. 
out of this. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a part of me that feels that it's very cool to see, you know, that it's not just Goku and Vegeta doing everything. There's other characters out there who can do things too. It's just, it just doesn't feel earned or justified with Kale and Cauliflower. Had they made it feel like earned and justified, I wouldn't have a problem with any of this, right? Have we, have we seen their backstories and, you know, watched them evolve over time and all this shit? It would have made a lot more sense, but now they're just like, oh no. They're just super strong for no reason. And they can also fuse. <laughs> I mean, I guess anyone can fuse as long as you're, you know, similar power levels or whatever the hell it is they, they said. But whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to get too much more into it. Just, just let me know what you think about it. <laughs> I'm just hoping to get some exciting fight stuff out of this. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to switch back over to what he's saying for the week. Once again, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast.gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about that. Uh, I have an email here from Evan. Evan, always good to hear from you. Says here, what are you saying? Uh, Just so dumb. (laughs) Hi, Tim. Non-Super Saiyan Kefla is faster than Goku at Super Saiyan God, according to the few frames we saw at the end of the episode. This is a thing that really happened. I am running out of words to describe how ridiculous Kale and Cauliflower are. Kale literally went berserker for the first time a few minutes ago in the Dragon Ball universe. She now has total mastery of the power. Khalifla just went Super Saiyan for the first time in the last day or so and Super Saiyan 2 within the last few minutes. She she sustains the massive energy requirement of that form with no problem whatsoever. Remember when Goku and Gohan practiced for an entire year inside the hyperbolic time chamber to learn how to stay Super Saiyan for extended periods of time? The writers didn't. I'm absolutely loving the tournament of power in almost every aspect especially Frieza's and Vegeta's dialogue, but Kale and Khalifla are an utterly ruinous element in an otherwise excellent arc. I hope they are disqualified for bringing outside objects into the fight. The fusion dance is a technique, but Kai earrings are not. My guess is that the writers will lump this in with Master Roshi's evil containment jars. Apologies for the negativity. I would much rather the show focus on Vegeta's fight with Top or Gohan and Piccolo's fight with Universe 6 Namekians, but I guess we'll instead get to see Kefla instantaneously reach Super Saiyan Blue Ultra Instinct God level over 9,000 <laughs> and single-handedly defeat Goku. Uh, single-handedly defeat Goku, Vegeta, Top, and Jiren. Thanks as always for the terrific podcast. Evan, thank you, man. I, I, I said this before. I just, I love your emails. I just, I just love them. Okay. <laughs> you just, I don't know. I just love it. It's funny and you're just, you're very blunt and I just, I appreciate all that. Okay. So let's kind of talk about this here. Uh, yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned that non super Saiyan Kefla is faster than Goku at super Saiyan God, according to those last few frames. Well, I'm trust me. I'm not trying to defend this at all, but the episode, they did kind of go out of their way in the episode to mention the fact that Goku was going to super Saiyan God without being at full strength. Okay, so, and they also mentioned the fact that Super Saiyan that, that this that Kefla is going to be, you know, however many times stronger, not just twice as strong as, you know, it's it's not like they just combine Kefla and Kefla's powers together that it's been multiplied several times. So I think the idea here is supposed to be that she's just strong in a Super Saiyan God Goku, and is it stupid? Absolutely, it is. 
<laughs> but they kind of sort of in their own way explained it. So I don't know. I guess we're supposed to accept that. And yeah, I trust me. I'm with you with all the kale and colorful stuff as far as. Yeah. Yeah. Goku and Gohan had to go in a whole year into the ch time chamber to learn how to stay in Super Saiyan mode. Yeah, because they were they were just walking around in Super Saiyan, even their in their regular life. They came out of the, the time chamber and they were just walking around in Super Saiyan mode because that was they had to learn how to sustain that amount of power so that they didn't exhaust as much power from the transformation of it. But once again, I guess Kale and Khalifa don't have to do any of that. <laughs> uh, big, yeah, I'm down with Frieza Vegeta's dialogue. Absolutely. Uh, and so, yeah, you that that is the question. All these Portara earrings considered outside weapons you know and you you actually brought up a pretty good point one that i didn't, didn't even really think about is that the fusion dance is a technique so when we were talking about the potential of what gotenks could have done in this situation it seems like that would be okay right because it is a technique um and i don't know it, it kind of makes you think well why haven't they tried then why doesn't goku and gohan sorry goku and vegeta try to form uh, Gogeta here. Well, I don't know. As far as we know, that doesn't happen until the Broly movie. But what makes them think about it then, that doesn't make them want to think about it now, I guess. I don't know. That's pro I'm probably nitpicking with that. But I'm hoping that they at least uh, touch upon this earrings thing. I don't want this to just happen and, and it just be cool and that's just how it is. I feel like we need to go to Grand Minister. I feel like someone needs to ask is this legal? And then and then we'll they'll they'll probably find a way to justify it, like you said, with the um, the freaking uh, Mafubas, the freaking <laughs> evil containment jars. Uh, and, and if I recall from that, it was just as, it was as simple as having Grand Zeno say, yes, I'm okay with it. It's fun. <laughs> It's, it's allowed, very allowed, <laughs> because it's fun, right? So if this is fun to grands, the Grands and O's, then I'm sure they'll allow it, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to watch Kefla instantaneously reach Super Saiyan Blue Ultra Instinct God level over 9,000. <laughs> oh, man, they better not. They had better not. I better not see a Super Saiyan Blue Kefla in the remain it, it, before this fucking series is over. I better not see that. <laughs> I'm serious. Now, will we see a Super Saiyan Kefla? Of course, because they can both go Super Saiyan already. So we'll let that slide. But anything beyond that, I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. What's interesting to me now is I, I'm actually kind of curious to see how this turns out. How are they going to get rid of this character now? Is Jiren just going to freaking wake up and, and, and pluck her out of the ring or what? So they got me. They kind of got me roped in on that, at least. All right, Evan. Thanks, man. Thanks for always writing in and uh, being entertaining. Uh, the next email here is from Arthur. Arthur, good to hear from you as always. It says here, get Goku out of here. What's up, Tim? And shout out to Ricky for the audio. So we got Goku versus Kale and Cauliflower. Frieza decides he wants to step in. I've actually been liking Frieza this whole tournament and thinking now this is about to get good. Wrong answer. Goku turns him away. The more I see Goku fight, the more I don't want to see him fight. He's fighting. I'm going to assume you meant selfishly here, Arthur, because you put unselfishly. You see, he's fighting selfishly and just not smart. Helping your enemy get stronger as if you've forgotten the stakes. 
Before the tournament, they've been stressing, we gotta work together, and he's the only one not doing it. And then it happened. You were wondering if Fusion was legal and the girls did it. I think I actually want them to eliminate Goku to shake things up. Here's the question. If Goku were eliminated, who do you think would step up to the plate? Arthur. Very awesome email, man. Thanks for uh, <laughs> for writing in. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good point, you know? He was kind of the main one pushing that, right? Like, we got to work together in this tournament, and go he and Gohan, we got to work together. And it's like now they're in there, and he just wants to fight everybody himself. Now, in a way, that kind of goes right along with Goku's character, so it can't surprise me that much. But it just doesn't make any sense in a tournament where the threat of the entire universe is that, you know, being destroyed is a real thing that they would choose to kind of fight like this. But whatever um and you say you think it'd be interesting if they eliminated goku to shake things up Ooh, that would definitely shake some shit up it would that would be something i wouldn't expect that would be completely out of the blue like that would be a a, a curveball that would be a plot twist that would be crazy if goku got eliminated <laughs> and then it was just up to vegeta and gohan and piccolo and uh, so your question is, if Goku were eliminated, who, who I think would step up to the plate? Well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Vegeta, right? Because we're we're supposed to assume at this point that, that he's the next strongest person in Universe 7, right? I mean, we know it's not Piccolo, but we, we, we don't know how strong Android 17 is at this point. We really don't, you know? He could freaking come out of nowhere and just be like the boss, you know? Uh, of course, Gohan, Gohan always has hidden potential that no one knows about. You know, we haven't seen him get pissed yet. Right. So maybe Gohan. I think that would probably be the more interesting uh, method for me is to go with Gohan. Like you would kind of assume Vegeta would be the one. But Gohan has shown so much potential for being stronger than everybody just in the past. So who knows? You know, if he if. If Goku got eliminated, but before he got eliminated, he got the shit beat out of him, like they almost beat him half to death, then maybe that would piss Gohan enough. <laughs> maybe that would piss Gohan off enough to where he would reach some new level because we know that that's just a thing with him, right? He gets he gets mad and then he powers up. So I would say Gohan. I like this. I'd like to see Gohan step back up because they really they kind of shafted Gohan after uh, the Cell Saga, right? And they still haven't really made up for that. I mean, Mystic Gohan was very cool. Ultimate Gohan's very cool, but we didn't even get to see a lot of that because the second he powered up, you know, he got careless and then he got absorbed by Boo, right? So we, you know, now would be a good opportunity, I think, to kind of jump back in there and put Gohan back in the forefront so we could see what he could do and you get someone else to kind of be the main protagonist for once instead of Goku being the one to defeat everybody you know maybe in the end of this Gohan is the one who defeats freaking Jiren Ooh, that would be something I don't know yeah but I, I, my vote would be Gohan for that Arthur very good question man very good question thanks for writing in we're gonna go over to one more email here from Andrew Andrew number two uh, Andrew says, hey, Tim, haven't talked to you in a while. Lost my satellite a couple weeks ago and have not been able to watch, but have been watching the sub. Instead, can't believe Kefla is finally here. 
This fight is fan-fucking-tastic. Hope you enjoy it as much as I do. No questions this time, just excitement. Keep up the hard work. Fair enough, Andrew. Always good, good to hear from you, man. Sorry about losing that satellite and not being able to watch. It's been a little bit of a challenge for me to watch, too, just with all my moving and stuff. I don't, you know, I have to kind of <laughs> borrow people's connections and passwords and shit to to kind of to watch stuff but i haven't had much of a problem with it so far so i feel your pain and um yeah okay you say this fight is fan fucking tastic so i guess i guess we'll see i guess we'll we'll see i'm looking forward to it at the, at the i'm to the point now to where that's all i'm kind of hoping for right because like i said storyline wise in terms of universe six sands i'm not feeling any of that but i am still feeling the tournament of power as a whole and if we can just get some awesome, some awesome fights out of this Kale Kefla shit, then at the end of the day, maybe it won't all be <laughs> a waste. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for writing in. Uh, yeah. So what'd you think about any of that stuff? Once again, you can send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'll be back with the next episode of the podcast pretty soon. Hopefully got you guys kind of an extended episode this time hopefully that kind of makes up for some of this crazy ass misscheduling stuff that's been going on lately i'm definitely still aiming to get back on schedule please leave me a review on apple Podcasts. uh it's been a while since i've gotten one you know if you're enjoying the show you just came along and you you know and you have a couple minutes you know go on there click review leave reviews sign in takes a couple minutes in and out i'll be happy to read it on the podcast Please also head over to the Facebook page and give that page a like if you have not done so yet. This is the point in the podcast where I start to lose my voice, as you can probably tell. (laughs) So I'm going to get on out of here and go drink me some warm tea or something. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. See you guys next time and uh, keep on rocking the dragon.